Welcome to a brand new show here on Dean Radio. It's Seven Sport on Dean Radio, getting you ready for your Gloucestershire Sporting Weekend. And um, I'm Matt Yates. You might have heard me previously on Dean Radio doing the indie show on a Thursday night and a Sunday. Um, but I'm joined on this Saturday morning new show by the legends from Seven Sport, our Gloucestershire sports expert. Ro- experts, I should say. Well, <laughs> Ryan Butler and Kelsey Dermaria. Hello, so morning. Feel old school with your name there. <laughs> good morning, gents. Good morning. We need to come up with a show name. I mean, we're doing this on the, on the air, but it's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We haven't got an actual show name. I thought it was a good name. It's it's certainly, it's certainly better than the Ryan Butler experience, hey. isn't it? So, Ryan Butler and Friends <laughs> is where Dean Radio is really going to hit the market. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, these, um, well, we, we were Seven Sport altogether, uh, what, two, three years ago? Three years ago, three, three years, years ago, ago, something like that. You that. made the selfish um, decision of going to get married. Yeah, I got married. Now. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting, mate. I can't. You decided, <laughs> you know, you didn't want to come to work anymore. You wanted to have a family. Although I, I will say, well, I will say, <laughs> Matt getting married did actually lead to one of the best moments <laughs> in my life. Is watching Ryan put a down pints of wine at your wedding. So that yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> hey, in my defence, I mean, we're going off topic straight away, and it's how we we do it. Just, you know, we have fun. Um, but Matt's dad was a very bad influence. He said to me, Ryan, <laughs> I've bought this wine. And, you know, it's going to waste. And look at his face. You know, I couldn't let him down. <laughs> Miss Trev, I ain't seen him for a while. No. Not a man you want to let down. He's too busy a, watching Wolves now, isn't he? Yeah. Now they're doing all right. They, they co- it coincided me leaving Seven Sport with Wolves actually doing well. So there we go. Um, but yeah, we, we used to do a podcast like this um, on over community stations. And we used to do it for the Seven Sport website and stuff like that. Since I've left you guys, you've, gone, you've taken it up a level in the professional stakes um, where actually you do a lot more teams and a lot of interviews and stuff like that. So you're going to bring a lot to this Saturday morning show, I think. I'm just well, going to be like the, hopefully. The, the David David Jones and just sit there. And you're pretty much like Gary football. Lineker. Yeah, basically. I'm probably Danny Murphy. Mm. Ryan is... Genus? Jermaine Genus. Alan, <laughs> Alan Shearer, probably. He likes a little bit of a main <laughs> Shearer at the minute. Yeah. Uh, well, um, so... Uh, Introduce yourself to the listeners. You're new to Dean Radio. You you might be new to the listeners. If people have listened before, then welcome back. But if you are new, who are you? Come on. Um, well, I'm Ryan. I'm originally from Reading. I'm not from Boom. the county, but that doesn't stop me from uh, aspiring to promote that West is best. And, you know, I just love local football, really. And, yeah, the last three years or so, it's become a, a passion of mine to go and watch local football and dedicate a lot of time to... I like going out watching games, meeting people and... Yeah, hopefully a lot of people who are listening have, have seen me around games. And if you haven't and you see me around in a game, I'm hard to miss. Six foot six. <laughs> Sounds like my dating profile now. It's getting a bit <laughs> weird. But yeah, I just enjoy having fun. Enjoy local football and here for a good time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so he's from, he's from Reading. See if you can guess uh, what football team supports uh, everybody. Get five points if you can guess that. We'll let you know at the end of the show. I'm Kelsey. I'm pretty much Ryan's driver. Let's be honest. <laughs> Take him to everywhere he needs to go. I would point out 2019 saw Kelsey described as my sidekick. Yeah. Um. My team. Yeah. His team. Um. And what was the other one? Um. It was like his buddy or something. And just his mate. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Just mate. You know. You know. Online head of online for Seven Sports social media and everything like that. But you know, I'm just the sidekick. 
pretty yeah. much. And the driver. Misconception, the misconception yeah. is we do so much that um, people think that we have a team of about four or five people, but we don't. It's, it's really just, just us two, team. and we have a couple of work experiences that sort of drift in and out and do a couple of bits there and there, but predominantly it's us two, so... yeah. Yeah, and um, well, it's gone from strength to strength, hasn't it? Really, over the last few years, got a lot, lot more people on board, getting to a lot more games, and you're going to find that out over the next few weeks if you do tune in on a Saturday morning. We're going to be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. until midday, um, and we're going to be looking at Gloucestershire sport, mainly the football, um, because we feel at Seven Sport the football doesn't really get recognition at sort of the other. Well, we're both football. In the we're both football boys, and you, know, yeah, exactly, you were as yeah. well when you were doing it. We started doing Gloucestershire. Um, at Tigers Radio back in the day, so it's football's why, always been our number it's one. It's why we really. really set out to do what we yeah. do, isn't it? Because we always felt that other you know media outlets didn't give local football in Gloucestershire, especially non-league football, yeah. as much coverage as it deserved to get. And you know, we found out ourselves. I mean, Ryan did a hundred and hundred and three games last year. Mm. Um, I've we between us, we've done about one hundred and forty-five between us since the start of yeah. what July last year. So you know, it's just it's that, having that. Um, you know that presence of, of local football, especially non-league, is actually really giving it a massive profile. Um, what I appreciate about it is that to the players and everyone involved in, in in local football, you know, they appreciate what we do and they appreciate the efforts we go to, and and you know to have that sort of on social media and, and when people see us and stuff, they they're happy to see us, they're happy to to interact with us, and you know it makes them feel like there's value in what they do, and, and that's ultimately gives us value in what we do so it's a nice little partnership we've got going on at the minute and yeah always expanding and improving our uh, rapport with everybody really we're men of the people That's we're people's champions good, yeah. Yeah. we are the people's champions you gotta be um, so yeah like I said we're going to be here every Saturday at 10 and um, we're going to be getting you ready for your Saturday and, and Sunday afternoons of sport really um, looking back at the last weekend of local football and local sport around the county um, and obviously around the forest as well and we're going to be looking forward to the weekend we're also bringing back some old features from our past podcasts um, the main one being uh, the highly popular halftime Bovril. <laughs> um, now this is the part of the show where we all we pick a theme and we all pick a track and it's kind of a track that you'd want to hear at halftime in a football match usually but we, we have gone a bit off topic in the past so um, we're going to be doing that um, just after the news at 11 um, the first halftime bovel of this new venture here on Dean Radio um, but um, as time is very tight you know believe it in two hours but it's quite tight we're going to go straight into um, the biggest news story of the week locally really and that is um, finally Gloucester City look like they're going back to their Meadow Park Stadium after what nearly 13 years 13 years this year isn't it yeah in, in July I, you know I, I don't want to sound you know you know callous or anything like that but it is very much and I think I speak for a lot of people in Gloucestershire it is I'll believe it when I see it yeah, so yeah. that is the case now it's been going on this whole saga for like Matt said, 13 years in uh, 2007, the floods hit devastatingly the county. And th- there's just been, over the last few years, there's been a, a rocky road for, for the club, hasn't it? You know, we've had people leaving, people coming in and leaving. It's just been like a turntable. And now finally they look like they've got a steady ship at, at the helm with, you know, co-chairman Alex Pefferham and a- Eamon McGurk. And they've got the board set underneath them as well. They they seem like they're actually finally ready to do bits. But it you've got to believe it when you see it. I think this latest bit now it is a lot more believable because work's actually been Definitely. done. You've Definitely. gone through oh, the yeah, past 100%. 13 years where we've you know looked at different sites and it's been Quedgley and yeah. um, that uh, Escort Road had looked at that. Yeah. Um, so many ground shares, so many times they said we're going back to Meadow Park, it's happening next season, next season, next season. But now you can actually see machinery on the site and it's all flattened and ready to go. 
Yeah. Um, I think, I think yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit of hope for City fans. Yeah, I think, I think that, and that's what they've lacked over, over the last, you know, decade and almost a decade and a half. I mean, a lot of people might not know that that me and Matt have actually been part of the, the you know, the back, pretty much the backroom staff at the club over the last mm. what ten years or so. I mean, I, I, my role as press officer and pretty much every other match day role I held, and, and Matt was doing obviously his bits with the supporters trust and 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 the media stuff, which actually led to the formation of Seven Sport. Yeah, exactly. To be honest. Um, having you know people coming in and 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 leaving so often as they did it, it's not been healthy for the makeup of the club and to be honest with you a lot of fans have described it as almost like a toxic atmosphere in the last few years and i i would go some way to agree with that to be honest with you what shocked me um we've seen it before we 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 came on that you know there was almost that sense of this big show on twitter and on social media of you know the filming of the very first moment where the work started happening it's got nothing no interaction no yeah, the odd, obviously there are fans that you're sharing it and saying, "Oh, great news, whatever." But if you look at some of the comments, it's all, "Oh, it's about time." It's all. Mm, yeah. It's always into what Matt's saying. You know, a lot of fans are now seeing, sitting back, saying, "Well, believe it when you know the stands are there and the pitch is there." And and we was, you know, we were talking about before, Kels, um this week, in fact, to, to Lee Randall, yeah. who used to be involved with the club as well. That you know, in 2013, everyone was still outside the, the council buildings, weren't they? When the yeah. planning permission was first put in and. And yeah, that feels like decades ago. Yeah. And yeah, really, it's only six or seven years. But to have looked back then and thought, you know, if you'd said to the people who stood there saying, you know, you're doing this, but in seven years' time, you're still not playing in, in Gloucester. Yeah. I reckon a lot of them, even back then, would have said, well, what are we doing then? Mm-hmm. And that's the overall feeling I'm getting, just sort of looking at it. Yeah. I think the, the thing is, as well, you say there's not got a lot of reaction. I think the problem is Gloucester City have lost a lot of supporters over the last 13 years. You know, people went over to Forest Green, but they obviously lost a few fans because people, older people couldn't travel, that kind of thing. It was a further distance. And then they moved on to Siren Sister, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Got a bit of a lift from the promotion and that kind of thing. Got the crowd mm. back a little bit because it was more of a non-league ground and it felt a little bit more like Gloucester City, like the old ground. And then I think going over to Cheltenham and being there for so long where it was promised that they're going home, they're going home just got so much to play at your like sort of arch rivals. I know they're probably not as but then, big but, rivals now. But. but but then also on the flip side of that, you've got to think some of Gloucester's best moments in recent memory have come out Water exactly. Road yeah. um, say, and when they've been ground sharing. You've so. got to remember as well, when, when obviously the, the back end of Tim Harris's reign at City, when they were you know just leaving Water Road, they were still getting decent attendances because they yeah. started getting that younger generation in. The amount of kids and and kids teams that used to come and mm. you know they used to get a decent crowd in that season obviously it helped that Gloucester were having their, their best season ever at that level but they were still getting decent numbers in that, that mm. and it just sort of faded away overnight when, well, when I they think moved to Evesham didn't it? Well I was going to say yeah, realistically the move to Evesham has kind of killed a lot, a lot more of the, the enthusiasm that a lot more of the supporters had so that is why ultimately there's been such a massive drop off in the attendances. So yeah, I mean it's further travel, wasn't it? And uh, well, it's about the same distance in terms of time, but you know it's just the, the fact is obviously you have got to get on the motorway and you have got to go all the way up to Evesham. It's just like ugh, it's just it's just long for want mm. of a better word, you know. And then there's the fact where you've been playing at Cheltenham in a football league ground for so long, well, and yeah. you go to Evesham and it's, it's culture like, shock, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but um, look like they're on the way home anyway. The plans look uh, look pretty decent as well from what what they're going for. Um, mm. Just get home is is the big message coming out of the club, really. So yeah, be good to sit in back and it'd be good to get down to Meadow Park. And me and Kelsey's got a lot of nostalgia from yeah. back in the day at Meadow Park <laughs> when we used to go the down TN. there as little kids. Grab grab the back of the net of the opposition goalkeeper behind the TN. Yeah, that trying to grab his water bottle and uh, <laughs> running up and down behind the lines with yeah. all sorts of stuff. Class. We were crazy kids, I tell you. <laughs> you lived life to the fullest. <laughs> we did, didn't you? you really yeah. did. 
so yeah, good luck to them. Um, what's wrong, Gloucester City? We might as well just have a little talk about their their season so far. Um, obviously, it's been a bit of a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beginning, yeah, mid-season, a lot's <laughs> yeah. been going on. What what do you boys make of it all? Well, I can understand to an extent the managerial change. The only thing I would always question is the timing. Mm. The timing was what what didn't sit right with a lot of people. I mean, it shocked, yeah. didn't it, really? But speaking to James Rowe, and, and you know, I've spoke to him a few times. I mean, me and Charlie Hughes, friend of, of Seven Sport, have gone up to to Hartbury to speak to him, and you know, he is a very nice man. He's yeah. a very footballing minded man, and to be honest, he is a good quality yeah. uh, coach. You can tell that from from the way he interacts. His recruitment's been, I would say, pretty decent so far. Mm-hmm. What he's done is he's tried to bring in players that will put together a core squad again because Gloucester, for whatever reason, always have that habit of relying on the loan players a bit too much. Yeah. And I've had conversations with, with Roe before about it and said, look, that's how I see it. And, you know, he's just wanting to get that core young player in. You know, the two fullbacks that he's got in Jack James and, and Jack Senior, you know, if they stick around... I mean, they could be very, very good players for Lost City, yeah. and they can be not just good players on the pitch, but good characters to have off the pitch. And I think that shows that you know the recruitment has been pretty spot on so far. Yeah, well, that's why like you said you know he's building the squad for when we when obviously City were playing at Wadham Road. We always used to speak to managers, and they say about building a squad for the next eighteen months. You know, to keep that core in. Uh, that is definitely what Rowe is trying to do. So yeah, I agree. Recruitment has been pretty much spot on. To be fair. Thing is, that he needs to start getting results yeah. in the league quickly because obviously, yeah. when um, Cook left previously, they were, you know, fans were looking at play- playoffs and looking up the table. Now they're kind of looking behind their backs a little it's bit. It's almost thinking, exactly what Ryan said, isn't it? You know, the, the timing of it came just completely mm, out yeah. of nowhere. I mean, I think it was called off, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on a game that was that was called off. It, it's on a Saturday morning, and I'm just, uh, you know, just about to get in the car, and I pull my phone out. I was like, Mike Cook's left Gloucester City. I was like. What? <laughs> like it was literally that reaction. I was like, oh my! And I literally, I rang you straight yeah, away, and I was like, away. have you seen this? Like, is this actually going on? And it's like, yeah, no, like it's it's crazy, crazy timing. But you know, it, it it seems like the club has a clear vision for the future with James Rowe at the helm, and you know, it, it's early days. Not forget, he's only been in the job what three months now, something like that. For about, well, about, for, that, about three months, months, if that. Yeah. Um. So it is still very early doors, but you know. Positive signs in terms of what's going on off the pitch, but the on the pitch is where they need to really kick on. I would point out, though, that you know a little bit of a slow start that he had, it's only going to be heightened because of what happened in the Chris Todd era. If that hadn't have happened, I think that people wouldn't have been a bit too... Yeah, they're always drawing comparisons. A bit too sort of sitting on the fence about it. I think people would have got <laughs> behind him a bit better, but um, you know that Chris Todd era was so bad for Gloucester City... You know, every club's got that dark days. You know, Matt, you're a Wolves fan, League One. I don't need to remind you of that. Does, yeah. <laughs> United currently going through it since 2013. But, um, you know, so, yeah, so that, that didn't help. And, you know, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, it's a big project. You'll be looking at a big project. It's all about perspective. And I, for one, I think Gloucester will go right there. Yeah, I think oh, you say um, the, the Todd's thing that all comes into it I think also the fact that the previous management team were ex-Gloss City players or were related to oh, Gloss yeah, City previously so they got a bit of a connection with the supporters who used to watch in Dime Meadow Park and that kind of thing and they I think at the time when they brought those in it was a good thing to bring sort of the fan base together because yeah. it was like we're bringing the old lads back yeah. to go back to Meadow Park and that kind of thing but rumours were Cook was probably going to be off at the end of the season anyway well, yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah, that was like you said about building rumor. a squad might as well bring him in now ready for next season yeah. um, talking uh, sticking with Gloucester City today then um, they got a home game against Gateshead who've had a bit of uh, bit of news this week themselves 
Yeah, it was literally um, on on Thursday afternoon that it was uh, announced that that Rotherham United have recalled their their striker, um, and it was Gateshead's top striker. I can't remember his name. Um, so it's a bit of a rejoice there, you know. Gloucester haven't had exactly the tightest defence going, so if Gateshead's biggest threat is isn't in a squad and no longer available to them, then then that can only help Gloucester. But it's going to be a tough game. Gateshead are a very good side, um, and they are coming down. Kelsey Joshua Coyote. It's the name of the man. Top goal scorer for Gateshead. So, mm. you know, that's a positive. But obviously, you've got to still go on that pitch and you've got to beat the 11 men that are, are playing against you. So, you know, he isn't a one-man team. There's, there's, there's no man is. So, it's a tough game. It's a tough game today. Yeah, definitely. Um, other games today, just looking at League 2, uh, we won't drop talk about them too much, but Cheltenham have got Warsaw um, at home and Forest Green are away to Mansfield. They're both doing pretty well in League 2 this season, aren't they, the two of them? Up near the top there. Um, right, we're going to go for a break. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to be looking at uh, the Hellenic League and uh, we're going to be chatting to Fairford manager Jody Bevan as well as the first guest on the new show here on Seven Sport. Uh, not on Seven Sport, on Dean Radio. Seven Sport on Dean Radio. That's the name of the show. Um, see you after the break. This is Seven Sport. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio, a brand new show every Saturday from 10 a.m. Um, I'm still joined by the Seven Sport boys, as I will be every week. Um, welcome back, boys. Did you enjoy the ad break? Yeah, good break. Very good adverts on yeah. Dean Radio, isn't it? <laughs> Very good adverts. We have our own advert on Dean Radio, so it's always good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, so we're going to go into the Hellenic Premier League. Hellen- uh, oh, God. Easy for me to say. Hellenic Premier League now, um, and talk about the Hellenic League. Um, you... Watched a bit of action from that we last did. week. Long Levens Fairford. Yeah, very good game to be yeah. honest. Well, uh, Fairford just didn't turn out, did they? Not it was really. one. It was one to turn, rip the form back up on. Really, I mean, mm. Fairford second in the league, going away to Long Levens mid-table. Um, you know, a lot of pre-match talk was, you know, Long Levens would be happy with a point, but on the day, you know, we've seen Long Levens play unreal a couple of times and yeah. that was up there really yeah. Brimscombe away if earlier in the season was probably still the best I've seen them play in three years yeah, so yeah. that was close but it was 3-0 to, to Long Levens and it could have been 6-7 and that's not even an understatement really well it's like, well, it's like we, were said, we said when we were watching it I mean the, the midfield was just non-existent yeah. for Fairford I mean they were they were lumping the ball forward and like obviously Dan Bailey was getting forward and um, you know up to up to the strikers, and then they, they was just getting headed away, and then there was nothing there, and then Long Levens bang off they go. Harry Emmett's carrying it forward, and it's it's just well. And the way he's playing this season, he's probably the closest thing the county's got to Lionel Messi at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> the way the, the way can, he runs with the ball at his feet is ridiculous. Kind of ri- reminds me a little bit of you know like when Luke Thomas came into Gloucester City, yeah, and it was just this young kid, just like thrown into it, men's football. And it's just like wow. And we just attack everybody. You just get a boy feet and attack everybody. Yeah. It's the intent, like it's just he's just so direct with his play. It's almost as if he just doesn't just doesn't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh well, he might lose the ball, but I get it back anyway, because you know, I'm I'm Harry Emmett, I'm the best player on the team. So well, let's put it this way, we did our end of year um special, looking at the two thousand nineteen as a whole of the year and, and you know, Jody Bevan was on that, who's who's joining us on this show in in a little while, and a couple of the others and, and you know, they're not connected. We hadn't briefed any of them. And they all said their player of the season was Harry Emmett so far. You know, they're people within the game who have been within local football for years. Mm. And, you know, the common theme is this kid is unbelievable. Mm. 18 years old, dynamic. and the Ginger wizard. And he scored a lot of goals as well. He's added goals to his game, which always makes you deadly. And Ryan loves him. 
Ryan absolutely loves him. Well, I kind of got that when he called him Messi, but. Well, and also the fact is uh, <laughs> he, he sent a Snapchat to Harry Emmett whilst he was eating uh, eating, <laughs> eating a meal with his oh, family, wow. and uh, and he played it out out loud, yeah. and his family's like, "Oh, is that Ryan Butler from Southern Sport yeah, chanting Chinese Harry Emmett's name?" name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him after the game, "I'm sick of sick of him being so good because I'm sick of writing about him." That is why we're the people's champions, mate. Yeah, we can do stuff like that. You might have unearthed the great Gloucestershire talent, the great Gloucestershire football player. Well, I tell you what, mate. He, he, it's a serious shout, you know. You're getting in there now, so you can say, this, "Yeah, I mean, be, I mean, Kelsey yeah. thought he had him last year with Kieran Order. But I mean, this year he's, he's had a couple of injuries, gone off the boil a little bit. So he's Kieran sent off last week. Kieran Order fan club is on hold for the moment. <laughs> Harry Emmett, Harry Emmett, Harry Emmett, Harry Emmett Harry fan club is a new one. I remember yeah. the name? Um, so looking at the Premier Division this week, then Bishop's Clee versus Lydney, um, Brimscombe Third versus Burnham, Fairford versus Tuffley. Uh, we've got a couple of all Gloucester ties there. Mm. Wharton Bassett Town versus Long Levens. In the Division 1 West, Bolton Rovers versus Hereford Pegasus. Clanfield versus Siren Town Development. Uh, Hereford Lads Club, which sounds an amazing name, <laughs> against Cheltenham Saracens, Morton Rangers, Stone Ice Town, and Newent Town. I've got Wellington. Um, so a couple of games in the forest for you guys listening in the Forest of Dean area. Um, right, we're going to speak to Fairford manager Jody Bevan um, after this track. We're going to play a favourite here at Seven Sports. This is Alive and Kicking. Welcome back then to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Um, now, Ryan Butler, I believe you've got our first ever guest on the line with you right now, Jody Bevan. Good morning, Jody Bevan. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Ryan. I say good morning to you. I mean, I haven't briefed you before we, we've interviewed this, but the show's going out on a Saturday <laughs> morning. Um, as it stands, you'll be uh, looking to, to play toughly, Rovers. Um, we were just talking about the, the game last week against Long Levens. We know, me and Kelsey, that uh, your boys were... Um, at Siren Sester, having a training session, and, and you know, how much better do you feel the squad are for having that chance to have that training session? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we certainly wanted to um, get out there and do something because I think we were all uh, hurting and a bit surprised, really, with how um, you know how badly we played on 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 Saturday. It wasn't something we were expecting, so um, we just wanted to get back out, you know, do a bit of training, and um, you know, try and put that behind us and, and look forward to Saturday how did the boys look yeah I mean well I'm going to say normally we uh, we, we try to keep it a bit fun and uh, you know pl- plenty of football and what have you but um, you know I did fe- think we looked sluggish on Saturday we looked like we'd uh, lost a bit of fitness so um, yeah we, we um, you know bit of, bit of a harder session and uh, you know lads got a, got a sweat on and um yeah, worked hard, and then we got the balls out. So um, we're in the balls this week. Come on, Joe, this is Saturday morning show here. <laughs> um, so we know, um, obviously, from speaking to yourself, that you know you got Connor Thompson back this weekend. Um, how big of a loss has he been, or, or does it um, depend on, on how you look at it? Um, yeah, I mean, Connor's you know a quality player, and um, you know been a big part of. Um, you know the success we've we've had so far this season. You know he he he, he kind of he links the play for us in many ways. It means we can go through 
you know, we can play the ball for, um, through the midfield and and pass the ball. And I think, you know, certainly, you know, we didn't notice against Bishop's Cleave when, when we missed him in the first game, you know, we scored four goals and, you know, we didn't look too bad. But last week, we, we looked a bit, um, trying to find the right word, you know, we we looked, we missed him certainly last week. Um, and we were, I thought we were very, very one-dimensional. So um, it'd be good to get him back again. I'm not sure, um, I said, um, he didn't train on Tuesday because he literally just come back and uh, was jet lagged. So we'll have to see how he is on his fitness. Um, whether we chuck him straight back in or not it, um, remains to be seen. Um, but it's certainly going to be good to have him back. It almost seems like you're, you know, you're playing toughly at the wrong time. You know, they're starting to be a bit tighter at the back. You know, two clean sheets in a row, two yeah. 1-0 wins in a row against decent size in, in Lydney and, and Hardwick. You know, they're no mugs, Tuffy, yeah. and, you know, you're going to have to play well to beat them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, again, very, in many ways, it's going to be very, very similar um, to play in long weapons. We know, um, you know, in these derby games, with us being where we are, where we are in the league, we know that sides will kind of that they, they want to get one over on us. And being a local derby as well, and us knowing plenty of the players, every, you know, naturally people rise, players rise to the occasion. Um, so we've got to be mindful of it. Um, you know, when we went to Tuffley, uh, I think it was at the, was it end of September or start yeah. of October. Um, you know, we 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 you know blitzed them in the first twenty minutes, went three nil up. And then um, after that, it was it became a very very close game. So I'm under you know again under no illusions that you know I'm expecting some you know a very very tough game. But you know I'm hopeful that you know hopefully the game you know we should be in our place. We would hope the game will be on. Um, and you know we I, I want, you know we want to get a reaction um, from, mm. from last week's performance. And um, you know I've got a good bunch of lads, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll get it. Any you eyed up any potential changes from from the Long Levens game? Obviously, you know a full week off a training session to you know get them a bit sharper. Um, are you looking at any potential changes from what we saw at Long Levens? Um, possibly. I mean, I I think it's you know important to say that um, you know one bad result you know isn't suddenly you know panic stations and what have you. It's you know it, it's whilst we didn't see it coming. Um, you know, I'll hold my hands up, and and you know, I think I was whilst all the players, you know, I don't think anyone really come out of it. And you said, well, they had a good game from from us last week, and and I I'll include myself in that as well. I don't think I had a particularly good game as a manager last week. Um, you know, this season it's been in many ways it's been very easy for me. We've we've come from behind many times. Um, and kind of, I was hoping that I was going to get that reaction last week after half time, but it didn't come. And I was, you know, I, to be honest, I should have changed it earlier and I didn't. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things, you know, a bad, bad day at the office all round. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be caused suddenly, uh, you know, ring the changes and, and what have you. There, there, there may be a few, you know, um, mm. you know, I'll, I'll see how things go. I think the you know, one thing the subs come on and, and had a little bit of an impact last week, put a bit of energy in, so it's something for me to consider. But um, I said, I think we got to sweet and see the conditions first, and do a rain check and, and see how everyone is. And, and we wanted to speak to you on on this show in particular because, you know, this week it was confirmed that work started on Gloucester City's Meadow Park. You know, it's given a bit of a lift to, to City fans and the club. As an ex-player, yeah. you know, what have you perceived as the to, to the news what's your reaction to, to obviously the images you're seeing on Twitter 
yeah, I mean, it's good to see it finally happening. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it just seems crazy that for me, I mean, it was, it's, what is it, I lose track now if it's 12 or 13 years or whatever it is. 13th year this year, isn't it? Yeah. to, to, to To think that, you know, the last time they played at Meadow Park, I was, you know, I was still, I was still one of the main strikers at the club and what have you. It just seems, a, almost seems a lifetime ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 brilliant news um, to finally see it happening. I think it'll be, uh, you know, not just for um, Gloucester City Football Club, but I think for the city of Gloucester in general, I think it's um, really important that they'll have, uh, you know, a football stadium back in the area again, and that can be used. Um, I said not just for not just for Gloucester City, but um, hopefully um, throughout the whole community as well. As I said it's um, you know when I look back on on my time, big part uh, you know some of my great memories is playing cup finals at Meadow Park as, yeah. a, as a kid, and um, you know we've had a generation of kids now who've missed out on any opportunity like that. So. Um, you know, I think think the whole you know community aspect it will be a you know a huge a huge boost for everybody in the area. Well, better way to uh, to end that one there, Jody. We wish you all the luck today against Tuffley Rovers. Um, thanks for joining us on the on the show. So, Jody Bevan, then the Fairford Town manager, speaking to us here on the first ever show on Dean Radio. Uh, one of Kelsey's favourite ever Gloucester City players there. May I tell you what? Bevan, absolute legend. Never really uh, you know set the world on on fire in terms of been a prolific goal scorer for City but you know he's certainly a, a figure that, that we've followed his career over the last decade and a bit and now great to see that he's doing such a good job with Fairford. I think you could tell um, when you saw him at Gloucester City that he'd be a good manager because he's so enthusiastic about like everything he does in football yeah. you can hear just from the interview there he's really enthusiastic and uh, it's paying off well because he's, yeah, doing, he he's doing alright with his, yeah, his Fairford it. team this he season. He loves it mate he loves it. Uh, right, coming up then, we're going to go for another break. Uh, got to pay the bills here on Dean Radio. Um, coming up, we're going to look at the rest of the games coming up this weekend, including the Glamorous County Cup. I know you're looking forward to the County Cup, Butler. Love the County Cup. He loves it. How many County Cup games do you think you reckon you saw last year? Uh, not many. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to do something impressive then. Yeah, all of them. Um, we've also got an interesting story about a Gloucestershire footballer who became a hero this week. And we are bringing back the hashtag halftime Bovril. I thought we got to go I'm with, buzzing for that. Go with buzzing. the times now. You know? I want to win. <laughs> I just want to win to get my song played. I think it's a hell of a song. Well, I don't think hashtags were uh, quite as big when we did the show last. So we're going to go hashtag no. halftime Bovril now. It's got to be. Mm. Hashtag HTB. Or is it all on uh, Snapchat or you're, something you're, you're these You're a mate. HTB. HTB, yeah. Hashtag HTB. Well, it needs to, we need to get it out there so people know what it is first. I'd like to point out we did actually used to call it the HTB back on the old show. By did the way. we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Penno. Anyway, um, so we're going to go for a break. Um, all that's still to come here on 7 Sport on Dean Radio. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back to 7 Sport on Dean Radio, a brand new show with you every Saturday from 10. Um, we're going now to have a look at the rest of the weekend fixtures in the football, and I'm going to go to the County League. And... Uh, Ryan Kelsey are going to go through it. Yeah, Ryan's, Ryan's the main man. Yeah, well, you're just a sidekick. Exactly. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> you say you go through it. I mean, I've just picked two two big games that stand out. Go for the big for ones. Me. Hit me. Go on. What you Hardwick Quedgley. Boom. And Frampton Carlewilton. Ooh. Hardwick Quedgley's big one. Yeah, they're both mm. big. Both mm. big. I got I got friends <laughs> who play for both and uh, friends. Your friends play football, do you? Yeah, they friends, do. friends play football. Yeah, all friends. Yeah, I wasn't I mean, good it, enough. To be fair, mate. I mean, you say that you're. You're pretty much friends with every local footballer <laughs> around us. Yeah. 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 Look at my Facebook friends, it's horrific. It's my claim to fame, I know people playing in Hardwick versus Quedgley, so big game of the day. Well, big game, Quedgley won the reverse fixture, so yes. a lot of pressure on Hardwick. They did, and there was beef. 
<laughs> it was explain, great. Explain. Oh, it was just um, the one player. I'll, I'll name him. I don't care. Josh Wilson, right? Plays for Quedgley. Um, as a kid, he came through the Hardwick youth oh. setup, and with all my more of my, most of my mates play for Hardwick, and he came through the setup with them. He went over to Quedgley to get game time. And uh, he was, after that Quedgley game, he was like, took a picture of him kissing that Quedgley badge, <laughs> bigging up Quedgley and all this. And they were saying, you've lost your roots because you've sold out because you think Quedgley's You've lost your roots. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Kissing the Quedgley badge. Local football beef. Love mm. it. I mean, Kelsey loves Quedgley. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the only person that's actually been to a Quedgley Wanderers yeah. game out of the first two. When we did the original Seven Sports Show on 7FM. I got Quedgley. Weren't Quedgley your team, team yeah. yeah. So we picked Dan you and Dan. Or did he get Slimbridge? Or someone no, else? He got along Levens. Maybe that was Greg. I think it was you. Anyway, we all picked a local team. Yeah, you were the Quedgley. We've lost would, your roots. You've lost, lost your roots. roots. Who would you pick now, Ryan, as your local team? Go by the Twitter responses. Bristol Telephones. Yeah. Is the answer <laughs> A, Long Levens, or B, Long Levens <laughs> Reserves? Or C, <laughs> or C, Tuffy Rovers? <laughs> Statistically, I see more Tuffy Rovers club football anyway, because we watched under 18 at Tuffy. Boom, drop night. the mic, yeah, mate. Yeah. So <laughs> club-wise, I mean, I'm not going to say it, because if any of the Long Levens boys are listening to this, I'm going to get absolutely roasted, and I ain't having that. <laughs> you, you said Bristol Telephones. Yes. I'm probably just going to drop this question on you. Why the hell are they called Bristol Telephones? I don't Telephones? know, but they used to be in the County League, but now they're in the Western League, and they'd be going to up in the County League. Well, great uh, the County Cup, sorry. It'd be like a history lesson, live on 7 Sports. I want to know. But carry on talking, because it's I imagine it's to do with something about telecommunications. I'm Bristol not too sure. Telephones. But yeah, they were definitely in the carry league a few years back, apparently. Bristol Telephone Code, Bristol Telephone <laughs> FC. You probably should uh, Google Bristol Telephones football. Oh, yeah, I've got it, FC, Wikipedia. County they, League, Ryan. They are <laughs> uh, football club based in Stockwood, Bristol. Members of the Western League play at Stockwood Lane. Um, ju- 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 oh, they they were found in 1948 as Bristol Post Office Telephones. That's an even better name. Why didn't they keep <laughs> it? <laughs> Why po- did they ditch the post office? Oh, post probably. office dropped the sponsor. Mm, pro- <laughs> It's like New York Red Bulls all over again. Uh, the original. Anyway, Thatcher. big yeah. game. The big games. Yeah, you've mentioned them there. What, what are you saying about them? They're just big games. Oh no! Oh, they're two big games. They're two local derbies, really, for sort of the Gloucester area, which is where we cover. And you know, Gala and Frampton are towards the top. Closely Hardwick are mid-table, so you know, all to play for in in both games, really. And and they jump out at you because you obviously, as you said, we know a lot of people play for. Four four clubs really, and for me they're the the two biggest games in the county league this weekend. Uh, other games in the county league this weekend: Bromley Heath United versus Henbury, uh, Rodine Hill Rangers playing Hanham Athletic, Sharpness versus Broadwell Amateurs, and Wick versus Little Stoke. Um, Northern Senior League Division One. These are, by the way, these are two o'clock kickoffs. All of, all of the earlier games: Hellenic and Seven League and uh, Gloucester City are all three o'clocks. Gloucester County League and uh, Northern Senior etc. is all two o'clocks. Due to floodlights, one assumes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Northern Senior League Division One. Then, big games in that uh, one. The big game, really, for me, is uh, Wollaston Charlford. Uh, I believe at the time of recording, it's first versus third. Wollaston won Division Two last year, and, and you know I saw them against Long Levens Reserves a few weeks ago, and yeah, they were pretty good. They're very good outfit and pretty consistent for that level. And Charlford, likewise, they were unbeaten pretty much two thirds of the season last year. This year, I think they lost their first game just before Christmas. So, two teams that are hard to beat, and, and I expect a decent game of football there. Mm. If it's on, of course. Mm. Well, Wollaston lit it up last year, didn't they, really? Yes, definitely. So. And they've, uh, kept that, they've kept that squad together. Similar to Cheltenham Civil Service in that league, to be honest. They've 
they've both come out, they've both kept the core squad together and yeah, they're thriving for that consistency and, and the, the routine of it really. Uh, other games in that division then, Barkley Town versus English Bicknor, Breeden versus Upton St. Leonard's, Cam Bulldogs versus Chatham Civil Service and Charlton Rovers versus Leonard Stanley. Uh, Northern Senior Division 2, you got any big games in that My one? big game I picked in that one was Lidbrook Bybury. Now, if you look at the Division 2 table, you sort of look at it and think, what? Why would you pick that game? But for me, it's the the battle they had last year to to not be the bottom team. And they, to be fair, I think if I remember rightly, the two games they played were like 4-3 and 4-3. It was a very high-scoring affair between between both clubs. Bybury were a little bit better than they were last year. Lidbrook, they're still struggling like they were last year, unfortunately. And they've had the problems with their pitch as well, with the, the heavy rains we had in November. So, yeah, big game, really. And, yeah, it's uh, one to look for because of the, the history they've got within the last 12 months, really. Uh, other games, Broadwell Amateur Reserves versus Abbey Mead Rovers, FC Lakeside versus Frampton Reserves, King Stanley, Winchcombe Town, Lidbrook, uh, you've just done that one, Stone Ice Town Reserves versus Falcons. Uh, now, um, big weekend for county football, the County Cup is back in town, baby. It's, it's big because it's quarterfinal stage, so, yep. you know, a couple, uh, couple of games away from Wembley, as it were. <laughs> um, obviously neutral venues for, for the finals and there's the big occasion. You know, live on Seven Sport more more likely than not. Um, I mean, for for what we cover, um, we we tend to, you know, stay Northern Senior up in terms of, of level. We look at the Stroud League as well quite often, but the the main county cup we look at is the the Senior Amateur North, um, where the quarterfinals are. You know, you guys probably don't know as much, but the four quarterfinals we've got there are, are four very good quarterfinals with eight very good teams. Uh, Whitecroft, Brockworth, Albion. You know, that is, again, Whitecroft, similar to Wollaston, Champs Civil Service got promoted, have kept the core squad together. You know, they're a group of lads that, you know, are friends. They, they, they've they played with each other for, for years. And, and Brockworth, likewise. Brockworth is a almost an institution of the, the Gloucester football in particular. And, yeah, the way Mark Mulraney's put the, the squad together there, they're improving off the pitch as well. And as a club, they look to be going places. So that is a very big game. Um, as is Harrow Hill versus Tuffley Rovers Reserves. In fact, for me, those first two games I've just mentioned there, I believe the winner of the County Cup is in those two games. You know, unless they... I mean, if they avoid each other in the semi-finals... So if we say, for example, Whitecroft and Harrow Hill won um, and they avoid each other in the semi-finals, then, you know, I expect that to be the final, potentially. Um, obviously, Andover's for Charfield, Barnwood and, and Newman Reserves will, will say otherwise, but I think that they're the... the you know, the four best teams in it at the moment. Um, Tuffy Rose Reserves, though, interesting fact for you. Obviously, we're in January. They've only played nine league games. Yeah, I saw that. They've, done, they've not played a game since... Sep- it was September, the last time they played yeah. a game before last week. Which is crazy, but it's also for us, it can say, you know, it's games to make up. <laughs> so, you know, game to watch, potentially. But, yeah, so they're a very good side. Michael Palmer's done very well with that squad. Um, as I said, the other the other two games are Andover's for Charfield. I expect Andover's for to be a bit too strong for Charfield. Andover's for the top of Division Two. You know they will win that league. It'll be between them and Lydney Town Reserves, and I just think Andover's for are a little bit better um, and more consistent. And then Barnwood Newent really, which for me I think Newent will go in as favourites. They play in Hellenic Div Two. Now it's not on the football pyramid, but you know the level of football is, is usually about Northern Senior level anyway. Barnwood have done really well to get to this level, um, to get to this stage. They seem to have a, a knack for the cups. 
Um, last year, they got to the quarterfinals of the um, Reg Davis Cup in the, the Northern Senior League. And, you know, to be in the quarterfinals of the County Cup and, and to get a home fixture that really is winnable, I think, you know, it's testament to them. I mean, they they went into their game last week with just 11 players. So to be able to say, yeah, we've got a County Cup game, quarterfinal stage as well. Yeah, pretty exciting times for them. Div 2, of course, um, in the Northern Senior League. But well, really, it's four games that, you know, I can't really call. If I was to, to go for it, I think I'd probably say Brockworth and Doversford, Tuffley Reserves. And yeah, I'll throw a Barnwood win in there just just to see what, you know, one underdog's got to win at some point. But yeah, eight eight teams, all, all within a chance of winning the County Cup there. And we were just discussing the actual County Cup competition as a whole before yes. uh, we got into this part of the show. Um, interesting last year, wasn't it? I think the actual word you need to use is joke, is <laughs> what it actually was. Like, was I was being a bit more diplomatic about <laughs> it, but yeah. Well, well we don't those, do diplomatic. For those who don't know, obviously last season, um, the final never got played. And the reason was, well, the, I can't really justify the reason. Well, 12 months before that, uh, Gloss City got to the final against Bristol City in 23, I believe it was. It was played in the It was played in pre-season. Now, the Gloucester FA didn't want to do that again. And they ran out of time, essentially, to play the game at the end of last season. Cinderford versus, I think it's Forest Green in the end. Mm. Um, Forest Green on 23. So, you know, Cinderford battled all this, the whole season, battling for playoffs, which they got screwed out of by the Southern League anyway, mm. um, by the restructure of the FA Pyramid. You know, battled on all those fronts to, you know, get to a playoff position, get to a cup final, and to be told the cup final's not going to get played because they don't want to play in pre-season. Yeah. You know, these are, are volunteers. Every single person, really, I know they get, obviously get paid at Southern League level to, to you know, play and, and do what, but it's not a full-time wage. They're, they're, they're amateur players. They're, they're part-time players. And, you know, they dedicate a lot of their lives to, you know, giving up free time to, to do this and to be told by their own county, oh, no, we're not going to play it. Yeah. Going into the season, I know a lot of managers who don't care about the county cup. And, you know, some people see it as a pathway to, you know, win a competition and, you know, get a bit of momentum. But mm. when your own FA, you know, you, you know it's just to refer it to a sort of national um, news, we've just had the FA Cup third round. Mm. And a lot of the media outlets were talking about how Premier League clubs have named weakened uh, squads, you know, devalued the competition. But yet at the county level, that's going on. Yeah, and you know these are regular people really who so go it, and play football and they're just not playing their game was it Forest Green that didn't want to play it pre-season or was no it's just we're just not going to play it's it it's not the fact that the bigger teams don't want to play in it then I know they no, probably the don't thing, anyway the thing is Forest Green and 23 their academy they had a full pre-season schedule okay. anyway yeah. which genuinely inc- I believe actually included a game against Cinderford anyway okay mm. yeah so you they ended up playing the game anyway like just a friendly Yeah, and it's just like what are we doing I mean, we held a competition in, in pre-season. Yeah. You know, for, oh, that's for a to put shield. together, is it? No. Yeah, we're t- they we, already we, got the cut. Yeah, we're, just, <laughs> we're two regular people. I have a nine-to-five job, Monday Friday. Yeah. And we were still able to put together a tournament for the last two years that went on for a week. I'm sure you could generate two teams playing t- once t- uh, touch on a and day. go this year, though, wasn't it? Ooh. Well, right down to the wire. I thought it was going to go ahead. But I think it's it. a bit of a... Um, you could do a whole show on it, couldn't you, really? Like, local gla- grassroots FA kind of 
That's just scratching the surface, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. Issues yeah. like that, it's just... Well, it's issues I mean, he, I know, he, won't, he won't mind me saying it, really, because he was quite open and honest in an interview he did with us anyway, but but Jodie Bevan, who, who joined us on the show earlier on, he doesn't care about the county cup. No. You know, if he... Start of the season, you say to him, you know, Fairford Town, what do you want to achieve? Promotion is the first one. A good run in the FA Cup and the FA Vars are the next, and then probably the Hellenic Cups. So your county cup is... Lower priority than the Hellenic yeah. Floodlit Cup. It kind of gets a bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Washed down with, like you said, the Southern League. They've got the League Cup, and then they've got all the other cups that go with it. Especially when you're lower down the pyramid. Problem is, you get the Bristol teams as well. Mm. You know, Long Levens, for example, they uh, originally were supposed to be playing Halland at home. Switched it to, to you know, rest their pitch up. Halland's pitch couldn't hold it in the end, and the game got called off. But you know, you've got a long Levin side going nearly an hour down the road to Bristol to play a county, county cup game mm-hmm. that really no one cares about. Yeah. <laughs> it's mental. What's the point? You know? Yeah, you're saying no one cares about it. Well, even the the, the top brass at GFA don't yeah don't care well, about it because they don't want to play the final. That's the thing. It's easy to say, oh, well, why should club, why should clubs, clubs should care about it? Mm-hmm. But why should they if you get to the final of it? Um, in particular, you know, with all due respect to the eight sides that are playing um, in in the, the, the Senior Amateur Cup this Saturday, you know, that's the amateur cup. That's not the the premier GFA county competition. You know, it was the senior cup. It was you know that's the top county cup that you yeah. can get in Gloucestershire. Yeah. Oh, we're just not going to play the final. <laughs> are we mental? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, I even sitting there thinking about it now. Like, you know, Bishop Key, for example, they won the Challenge Trophy. You know, they're they're in the county cup this year. They played Forest Green. They got beat on penalties. But, you know, that's a Hellenic League side. They would have been mixing it with the, the, the Southern League teams, the the Gloucester Cities, the Bristol Cities in all the world. Imagine if they got to the final. Mm. Oh, yeah, we're not going to play it. Like, what a slap in the face to grassroots football doing something mm. like that. I think it gets to a point, though, you're playing it during the season. Like, uh, as Gloucester, Gloucester City fans, mm. in the past, we used to go and watch it and be like, They played yeah. it behind closed doors as well. Yeah. yeah. That, was the, that was the weird yeah. thing. But then you get the chance to go and see... Gloucester or Bishop's Cleve or someone play at Bristol City's ground or something like that. So when you get further in the competition, fans do want to play the competition. Well, that's why when Gloucester, go- well, when Gloucester got to the final in what 2009, it was during the promotion season, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and then they played at Ashton Gate and, yeah, yeah. and City took, a, I think, like a coach side of fans. So it just goes, yeah. sure, there is it. I mean, they got, you know, sort of beat pretty comprehensively. Well, we went day, down but, to you know, it's just a we moment. We went down to Sinderford and watched Sinderford put six past the Gloucester City side. Yeah, yeah it's not a full strength Gloucester City team. But, you know, fans are going to be going there watching Cinderford score six goals against the, the best non-league side in the county. But really, what's it for? Yeah. If, you know, the own FA are going to devalue it the way they have. It is just basically a glorified pre-season competition. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're, you, they're spread out throughout put, the season. Yeah, you have to try and fit it in with your schedule yeah. and your pitch getting cut up anyway. Bad weather. You know, you haven't got the luxuries of football league teams we've got full-time groundsman that kind of why thing why a Southern yeah. League team or Hellenic League team would care about it I don't know because if yeah. you look at their their seasons they got their leagues then they got the FA Cup for Southern League team you got you know the, the FA Trophy for Hellenic you got the FA Vars um, then you've got in the, the Southern League you got a League Cup in the Hellenic League you got the Challenge Cup if you're knocked out of that within the first two rounds you go into the Supplementary Cup while the Challenge <laughs> Cup goes on and you've got the Floodlit Cup on top of that. Hellenic League clubs play six competitions yeah. a season if you're in Div- if you're in the Premier. Mm-hmm. If you're in Div 1, you may not qualify for the Vars, so you miss out on that. But you know, it's a lot of football for an amateur player to be playing. I mean, you're talking what? And you've 60, got to 65, that- 70 yeah. games a and, season? And realistically, County Cup games, if you've got floodlights, you've got to fear on a midweek. 
if you ain't got floodlights and you're a Hardwick, for example, that Hardwick Tuffy game they played last Saturday, fourth time they tried to get it on because of the rain. And, you know, <laughs> you're then moving a league game, you're then moving this, you're moving that. And it's all around the competition. It doesn't matter. Yeah, potentially matter. that might not even play the final anyway. Yeah, so what, what, what are precedence are you saying to that say, you know, what, where do you draw the line? If your senior cup competition is not going to play the final, you, you may say none of them play the final. What's the point? Yes, right. We'll uh, we'll jump. Triggered me now, man. We'll jump back back down off that uh, because we're edging closer to the news here uh, on Dean Radio. But we need to do the halftime bob roll. So this is the part of the show where we all pick a track that we'd like to hear at halftime in a football match. Um, We have a theme. We went themeless this week. Just went free for all. Just went for it. Just went crazy for it. So the three tracks that we have chosen. uh, Butler has gone for Disco 2000. I'd like to explain why. Yes, I. uh, It's because the end. It made me think of you. He's oh. asking what you're doing Sunday, baby. Would you like to meet me, maybe? You can even bring your baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Kelsey's track is The Enemy with... What have you gone for then? Saturday or Saturday, Beast and Body? Saturday, Saturday, yeah. It was a bit of a toss-up between Saturday and Beast and Body, but... And made the wrong decision. Basically, he just said, <laughs> this show's going out on a Saturday. Yeah, there you go, the track. <laughs> That's and it, I've gone for uh, the classic Thin Lizzy Boys Are Back In Town because the boys are back on the radio. Um, so I'm going to spin the halftime bothering wheel. One of those tracks will be played and we're going to play it after the news. There goes the wheel. I didn't, that. I didn't know we had that. I didn't know we had that sort of budget. And it's it unbelievable. It's landed on myself. So we're going to have boys oh, back oh. in town after the break Making here. Gladiators. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. As Finn Lizzie with Boys Are Back in Time, that is my halftime Bovril choice, which came up on the halftime Bovril, Bovril? Bovril? <laughs> uh, spinning wheel this week. That is a feature we do on the show. If you're just tuning in, this is Dean Radio, and this is a brand new show on a Saturday morning from Seven Sport. We're talking Gloucestershire Sport uh, every week. Uh, Kelsey and Ryan Butler are with me. Um, we're going to spin the wheel now for the decider of the theme for next week's halftime Bob Roll. So here we'll we go. Get our money's worth for the spinner. <laughs> uh, top sign, top signed effect again. A budget, go. mate. I'm going to get a proper spinner. No expenses spared. It is. It's in the pink. It's Kelsey. <gasps> well, disaster. I mean, it's pretty much been just thrown on me that I've got to pick a theme for next week. This so. is the format that we've been doing. Yeah, I know. For I mean, we thought I'd be used to it by now but my theme is just totally obscure you have to pick songs that have been number one during the month of september september yeah why from, september from any year yeah from any year oh. from any year why did you pick january i don't know likes to be different okay yeah. well yeah exactly man of the people exactly <laughs> champ. and there you go so uh next week's uh halftime bubble theme is number ones from the month of september correct any year since 1900. <laughs> okay. Canon in D. Since records began. Since records as in... As in music. Lovely. I'm talking like Beethoven and, you know, all the way back to well, there you go. 12th when, century stuff. When they said to me, would you like to do a sports show for Dean Radio? <laughs> and they said, have you got any features? We're cultured. We're cultured. <laughs> Over the years, we've become very cultured. I said, yeah, we've got this great feature. Time bothered. It's named after a song about. It's named after a, a meaty drink that you consume <laughs> at football grounds. Yeah, and if you're going to a football <laughs> match today, do enjoy a lovely meaty bovril. Are there any grounds in Gloucestershire that serve bovril? Mm. Gotta be. I think Sirencester might do. Mm, maybe. Thrown out there. It's gotta be a toughly thing, surely. But just gonna point out there, Matt. If don't you, know, if, if you do want to go to a game and you're unsure of which game to go to, check out Seven Sport Local DK for all the list of uh, fixtures in and around the county. Yes. Actually, you say that. And that is a plug. Do. 
I think toughly do bother actually. Yeah, as as it, it goes. Seems like a tough. Yeah. Mm. Um, we must stress as well that uh, enjoy bovril responsibly. <laughs> yes, enjoy bovril responsibly. Do not bovril and drive when the fun <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> um, I was saying we've had quite a lot of bad weather this week, so do check out all the Twitter feeds. Seven Sport will have. Um, retweets from the clubs well, the games I off. mean it's a bit difficult doing a pre-recorded show mm. at the time of recording all games are on well, so yeah. <laughs> realistically you know, by the time this show actually goes out we could be talking about games and not going to happen yeah mm. there, is that, there is that danger yeah, let's, let's be yeah but then we could just recycle the material yeah then we could play clips yeah, play clips and not actually turn up and then yeah. we can just <laughs> replay shows yeah I'm sure Jodie Bevan said that last week <laughs> Uh, so do keep an eye on all the social medias and stuff for that and of course sevensport.co.uk um, if you do want to get in touch with us by the way we've not mentioned this yet um, <laughs> you can get in touch on Twitter at sevensport uh, the, or on there also on Facebook um, search for the Facebook page or get in touch to, uh, in the usual ways for Dean Radio and just mention that you want to get in touch with the sports show and yeah, get to us so yeah um, if you're local sports group or local sports person or just um, a local person. Just a local person. You just just want to get on the radio. You just, just yeah. want to chat. Just want to chat. Plug the email as well, by the way. Info at sevensport.co.uk. Yeah. If anyone wants to email me. I've got nothing in there. Please email me. I'm very lonely in there. It's yeah. Seven Sport on Dean Radio then. We're going to carry on with the uh, Gloucestershire Sports News. And this week, a Gloucester, Gloucestershire football player has become uh, somewhat of a hero, Butler. Yeah, basically, Shortwood United defender. Tom Hoskins has made the the, the news locally um, for tackling an armed robber in the Tesco uh, Express in Abbey Mead mm. by uh, is it the, the Polash? The Polash, yeah. Little plug, you know, we get sponsors on this show. Be huge <laughs> sponsors after week one is what we want. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I haven't really read it, so I don't tend to read uh, rival material. But um, <laughs> from from the, from what I understand, uh, a young man walked into the Tesco with a hammer waving it around at staff to, to try and rob the place and as he was leaving Tom Hoskins tackled him as police turned up and is now considered a hero he was a, a hero to us anyway a hammer yeah I believe it was a hammer when you hear armed rob yeah, like, yeah. You, you kind of think of a gun or something I'm thinking like like the guy's got like a seven inch bread knife or something I'm just like oh my god bread you know what you know what I mean you know what I mean do you want it thick or... He walked, him, a, he walked <laughs> him with a spoon like he was Jewish. Say that. Say that. Does anyone remember the um, the shop All Days that used to be on Bristol Road? Anyone? I, no, is that just like I've a I've only lived thing? in Gloucester for five years. What is it now? Um, it, it's like a like a window sales like <laughs> place. There's a guy in there who actually once turned up to rob, to rob it with, uh, with a bread knife um, whilst literally as I was coming out. <laughs> I was I was seven I was I was seven years old at the time. And so for um, more <laughs> great stories like that, do tune into Kelsey what? on uh, <laughs> Thursday nights. Uh, no. Late um, night. Why didn't you tackle him even as a seven-year-old? You know when you hear you about a football player tackling a armed robber, you don't think of him tackling like a rugby tackle. Nah. You think of him getting two foot oh, in the air. Hundred percent. If it was Tom, Tom, Tom Hoskins, probably would have been. Yeah, yeah two footed straight up. Mm-hmm. Well, fair to it. But we're going to have the hero of the week on the show. Is that what he's going to be? Well, well, I mean, it depends on how many armed robbers are around, doesn't it, really? <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah. we're better up their game for next week because we need one. <laughs> we're short. You youngsters out there, make yourself useful. Get <laughs> <laughs> yourself down to your local t- <laughs> other supermarkets are available. And of course, those are the views are Ryan but no, not Sam Sport or the Media. Um, yeah, nice, nice little feel good story for the week there. He then went and um, kept a clean sheet at Siren Sound mm-hmm. Development. We were there. Um, for, mm. for a game that never well it was 4-0 but it never felt like a 4-0 game until the very end to be honest yeah I mean like, Siren Siren Town they weren't they weren't great were they not really I mean Shortwood boss the game for the whole 90 minutes 
So, kind of to be expected them winning that game. So, insert game show music here, unless you want to sing it for us. We used to have. I don't look at Kelsey then. We used to use different game show music. Yeah. Now, what do you fancy? I can chuck anything. Grandstand. 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 Classic grandstand. All right, grandstand's going in. I was going to do question of sport as well, which is the horrific thing about it. Right, what, what's it all about then? You said you've got uh, Ant versus Dex style show quiz for us, or whatever. Quiz, it's a challenge, weekly challenge to see. Challenge. You know, really, we, we've said earlier on that you know people consider me to be quite knowledgeable and, and, and forthright with my local football knowledge. Almost and a Kel- bit nerdy. <laughs> yeah, and Kelsey's a sidekick, which we, we've, we've already established. Yeah. <laughs> so it's mainly a test to see what Kelsey's capable of and whether he's capable of being on the, the level, you know, trying to get Kelsey some respect within the local football community. To be fair, you did quiz me that one time when we did Butler's Day Out mm. uh, to Ardley, and I, I did all right. did all right, but you could have done better. Yeah, but the, um, the long story short is I didn't have to buy you lunch at the pub, so no, <laughs> that was a wager. L- it's a great lunch as well. But anyway, so it's basically to earn Kelsey some respect and some stripes within local football. Um, basically how it works each week, I pick five different games of any league Obviously, they all are included on the fixtures list that you can view at sunsport.co.uk. Um, what will happen is I will ask the two of you to tell me who you think is going to win that game or whether you think it's going to be a draw. If whatever you predict comes true, you get a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the five games wins that week. And whoever then wins the week overall by between now and the end of the season gets to the side what the loser has to do is a forfeit for the end of the season live on Dean Radio so it's Kelsey trying to earn his respect yeah and you're the new kid on the sport ranks and I'm the one that uh, knows nothing yeah I'm the father of one who's trying to learn about local sport yes (laughs) I will will throw the the rules out I think about the rules Um, postponed games or games that aren't completed so abandoned and things like that Automatic zero. What if what I if, predict yeah, that it's going to be say. postponed? Yeah. What if you predict a PP? Let's not do this. <laughs> <laughs> and to make it interesting, each week one of the five games will be worth double Ooh. double bubble. Ooh. Two points. Lovely. All right. So the rules clear, gentlemen. No points. The point is for getting the right score. It's not score. It's result. 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 Okay. Score. Okay. We did that before previously with a seven That's seven, difficult. and it was very very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just reaching into my bag so I realised I actually didn't get a pen out. So. I remember when we used to do the 7-7s. Seven Matt used to do a competition on the 7Sport uh, website. Oh. Offered the prize of <laughs> f- £50 for predicting seven correct scores. <laughs> which is pretty much what? We're on a budget and I don't want to put myself out there. And people, case, were, like, people whacking like three ones, three twos. I got 25 to one in the bookies. It was all, <laughs> all over the gaff, mate. Yeah, that's a good point. We could have put the bets on of what people put. I don't think like... you could bet on Helena Lee. No, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, bet Victor. There's, there's the... Uh, bet responsibly, market. of course. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I've scoured the fixtures and I thought, you know, for week one, we'll uh, we'll pick five decent games, you know, tough games to predict. Um, and the majority of them are games that we've actually spoke about already. So, Matt, you may not be looking at your computer to get tables or form or anything nah, like that. That's exactly what he's done, mate. I can get rid of that right completely. Now, I, I'm, I don't know anything. To I'm be fair, to be fair, mate, football is not played on paper. So, but still, no, no, no cheating going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, you have a bit of knowledge, Kelsey, anyway, so you shouldn't really know. A bit um, of knowledge. First one, generous. 
always going to start with this team. Wooten Bassett versus Long Levens. <laughs> oh, how how are Wooten Bassett doing? Um, lower mid table, Long Levens mid table. Yeah. Mm. And we'll start with Kelsey to Marriott at uh, Wooten Bassett. At Wooten Bassett. I don't know why I still make last no season. Last season, a little help for you. Last, well, I say help. Last season, Wooten Bassett were two 0 up against Long Levens at halftime. Lost the game three two. Oh. But this season, Wooten Bassett did uh, pick up their first win of the season at Long Levens. Yeah, but Ooh. also this season, Long Levens have a, an informed Harry Emmett. So I'm going to go with Long Levens for that Ooh. particular reason. It's not really. I just just because you know I'm being a now homer. Matt. You're a man I like. I I I know likes to go to the opposite. You don't just like conforming to what everyone else has done. But where do you see yourself lying on this one? Uh, I'm going to go for a lovely draw. Ooh. The old draw. Yeah. Game two, we drop down a league. Hereford Lads Club versus Cheltenham Saracens. Lads, lads, lads. <coughs> Saracens have a good season. Cheltenham Saracens, uh, right. third, I believe. Lads Club are up there as well. So it's two very good sides in that division who are capable of, of winning any game on their day. I mean, I've seen Saracens once this season. It was like against Bourton, Bourton Rovers. So mm. they're not really a good barometer to go, to, to go by. Um, but for that reason, I am going to go for a draw. Draw for Kelsey. I'm going to go for Saracens. Oh, we're going to go for the lad. <laughs> Next, we drop into the County Cup. Yes. Oh. Harrow Hill versus Tuffley Rovers Reserves. Ooh. Mm. Kelsey straight away. You've seen the Tuffley Rovers mm. Reserves or their development sides and they're under 18, so you well, know how good that side can be. It depends what kind of side they put out, you know. that That is... The big one. Well, you've got to remember, the first are playing at Fairford mm. at the same time. Which is a big game. Maybe with Tuffley. Maybe with Tuffley. Away win for Kelsey. Kelsey yet to pick a home team to win. In fact, no one's picked a home team to win yet. <laughs> Matt, are you going to change that? Or <laughs> Until you gonna... now. Yeah, I'm going to Harry Hill. Ooh. Watch that be a draw. No one picked up. <laughs> um, County League. We picked two big games that were massive. Mm. I've gone for the top of the table clash of Frampton United versus Gala. The reverse of the game that we saw, Kelsey. We were there, 1 1 at Gala. We were my first trip mm. to Gala. And uh, that was a very good game as well at the time. Jay Lyons was unbelievable at the back. I mean, Gala defended pretty well. I'm going to go with uh, Frampton. For Frampton for Kelsey. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Frampton as well. Ooh. And the double bubble game Ooh. is the one game. That no matter what happens with the rain, I know he's going to be on. Uh, it's our live game, Somerset Town versus Cinderford Town. And bear in mind, we are speaking to Paul Michael, the Cinderford Town manager, who loves Seven Sport. On the balance of things, Cinderford for me. Matt, what about you? I'm going to go for a draw for that one. Draw. You don't think uh, John Bruff's going to add to his uh, win- winning starts so far for uh, for Somerset? No. We'll be looking at that Simon Sister game after the break. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Uh, I believe, Butler, you have got another guest on the line now. Well, Matt, I'm glad you've thrown over to me because I've got another guest for you. We've got Cinderford Town Manager, Paul Michael. Good morning to you, Paul. How are you? Morning. I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, we wanted to get you on. You know, it's the first show on, on Dean Radio and, you know, today... Uh, myself and Kelsey are we going down to the Corinthian Stadium for a big one Sirencester Town versus Cinderford um, you know you've managed to get the, the win last week and you know after speaking to yourself last weekend you were saying 
a run of, of bad form, it's nice to, to get a win. Does it make it better getting a win like that before a local derby? Yeah, yeah, of course. It takes a takes a little bit of the pressure off. We were feeling it going into Saturday that we we really needed to win. Um, I know it was, you know, you know, the mood in training is much better. Everybody's everybody enjoys their weekend much more with a win. So, um, you know, confidence is confidence is breeded through wins. So we 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 definitely had a better week. We had a better weekend, and it definitely makes us more confident going into this weekend. To be honest, yeah. Have you trained at all this week? Obviously, you had the the full week to to prepare for the game. Yeah, we've trained. Boys have done a little bit. Um, today themselves and we were in on Tuesday all together so um, you know we've worked on things again ready for Saturday and, and hopefully we can be better than we were this Saturday so if we do that then we won't be far away but yeah we've, we've worked hard this week and, and hopefully that pays off on the weekend. Well you cast your mind back to, to the start of the season um, myself and Kelsey we came up to the causeway um, your players put in a, a great performance to beat Siren Sister on the opening day how hard is it going to be to to replicate that, or, or you know, how important is it to try and play with the intensity you did on that day? Yeah, well, I think you're spot on there, mate. Um, it's um, the intensity that we had in that game was similar to Saturday. We had the intensity when we've got that. We're we're a very good team. When we fall away from that, we're we're not a very good team. So it's it's exactly that. We have to try and, and replicate that. It's a slightly different game. Obviously, to this time of the year at the Causeway. Um, yeah, so what we had this weekend to go in and playing on the fantastic 3G surface that they have there. So it'll be a faster game. It'll be a different type of game, and we have to adapt to that. And, and hopefully, we have the, the same intensity we had that day at the beginning of the season and um, and Saturday. Obviously, last season you you won at um, the Carinium twice. Does that go out the window on a game like this today, or you know, can you learn from from how it went last season and you know try and emulate that and then play that way? Um, yeah, no, I think um, obviously they're a different team, different players now, different manager, different different. They're going to bring different challenges to what the t- the team that we faced twice last season did, but. So in that respect, um, it's not going to have really much impact. But on the other hand, players, our players have been there before and, and won there a couple of times and had success there. And you know, when you go into a, a ground, a new ground, or you lose, or you always lose there, then sometimes that's in some players' mind. And obviously, you know, good experiences do the opposite. And and hopefully, the boys are, are going there confident because of some of those experiences that they've had. But like I said, their team's very different now. And and it, in tactically and, and in that respect, it's going to be a, a totally different game and a totally different challenge. So, but one one we're looking forward to. You said to me um, last weekend that you know you are missing a few players still, um, in particular the likes of of Lorcan Sheehan is a couple of weeks away, and and so are the defenders as well. Um, what kind of squad can we expect to see this afternoon at, at the Carinium? Uh, well, we got Lorcan is pushing it. He might have a chance of being involved. He's worked really hard the last couple of weeks to try and get himself um, get himself fit, uh, plenty of treatment and 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 plenty of fitness. So he, he's touch and go. Might be able to make the squad. Um, Angels unavailable. Jared Welsh is suspended. Kieran Alder suspended. Nick Rhodes is injured, and of course Ethan's out for the season. So um, you know, I keep mentioning Ethan because he is you know he, he was a big part. Absolutely. He's a big part of it. You know and even though he's out for the season, he's we, we you know he, he's, we still consider him part of the group. Like so, um, 
that that's it. Lokes might make it, but the others are definitely not in. And so we've got a couple of youngsters, a couple of youngsters in on loan. Um, 16-year-old Callum Wood's been unbelievable for us. He'll play again. Um, and, you know, we still, we've still got experience. The likes of Andy Lewis, Joe Turley, uh, Craig Norman, Andy Hannay, Sam Turl. You know, there's, there's no, we're not short of experience, even though we've got a few players missing. So it's not a completely young team like you know that's not an excuse we can we can use really but it'll, st- it'll still be a strong team but it is still missing you know a couple of big characters to be fair uh, we'll uh, see you at the the Corinium Stadium this afternoon um, obviously bigger picture here you know we're joining Dean Radio for the first time um, obviously Sinderford within um, that community as well um, just f- from and from the manager's perspective really you know what would people who haven't been to the causeway before you know what would they see and and what can you you know how could you encourage them to come and you know watch Cinderford play a game I think it would be I think it'd be an entertainment I think um, you know in a lot of the games that we've played at home we've had a 5-4 against Evesham a 3-2 against Merthyr you know we've had some um, some really entertaining games now and now and again we've slipped off we we where we should be, but like the win against Siren, win against Poulton last week, you know, more often than not, I think um, you'd be entertained. You'd see a committed team and a, and a team that want to play football in a in a in a stylish way, if you like, which hopefully entertains people. And you know, we would love to see more people and more young people up at the Causeway supporting us. Um, and similarly, we'd we'd love to have you know even more more young players from from around the place involved um and you know boys are more than welcome to come and get involved with our youth team or to come up come up and contact us and get involved over the summer you know we know there's a few talented players out there and and we we'd love to have them involved likewise we'd love to have you know if people feel come up once or twice and you know that a few people who have commented and said look we'll be back again soon we really enjoyed it so you know come up and give it a give it a look i think it would be entertaining um you know, it's not like the the Premier League with VAR. We're just sending off <laughs> a big gathering of players, and you get all that entertainment in non-league that you don't always get when you watch on the TV. So, come and come and see and see what it's about, and see if you enjoy it. Certainly, be made made welcome. I think everybody says, you know, the welcome that they get at the Causeway. Other people are very friendly and welcoming, and um, and hopefully everybody has a good experience when they come up. Well, good luck to yourself today, Paul. We'll uh, catch up with you at the Corinium. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a chat as well. So we'll uh, speak to you then. Thanks for joining us on the first show on Dean Radio. Running the Makers, Shine the Light. And before that, uh, we chatted on the phone to Cinderford Town Manager Paul Michael um, ahead of the Seven Sport Game of the Week this week. Uh, you boys are going over to the Corinium Stadium this afternoon for Simon Sister Town versus Cinderford Town. Yeah, buzzing, mate. One of the be- one of the best uh, games that we saw last season, to be fair, was that that playoff semi final between Siren and Sinford. Sinford won two two, two one two one two one in the yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, I went up in earlier in that season as well with with Tyrell, um, and we um, watched the game that you know Sinford scored in the ninetieth minute in that one, and, and you know played the perfect away performance, soaked it all up with with Ben Whitehead at his uh, blistering best, soaked it all up, and then snatched a late winner. It's pretty perfect. So. To say that they've got Siren Sisters' number is a bit of an understatement, really. Three wins on a spin against them. Um, and Siren Sister, as Paul Michael alluded to in his interview, um, all change out of the Corinthian. Yeah. They've got John Bruff in now, who's a former Sinterford Town manager. 
you know, they've made a few changes personnel-wise. Players have gone, players have come in. It's a completely different atmosphere around the, the club now. So, you know, if they can continue their decent start under him with a, a positive result against Cinderford, you know, it's a big scalp to get considering recent form against them. Well, just hopefully it's not another nil-nil like uh, the last Siren Town well. first team game that we saw at the Corinium with on when New Year's Day. When whole of the 2019, Matt, about seeing a nil-nil, I did. Yeah. First game of 2020, nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> And yep. they, could, the they both could still be playing there right now. They wouldn't have scored. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those games, unfortunately. So uh, they're both uh, ninth and 10th in the table as well. So it's quite a close one. Sindiford got three games in hand. They're level on points at the moment. But if you look at the table and think of those games in hand that Sindiford have got, they could be right up there if they Well, won. it's where Sindiford really should have expected to be pushing for based on based on last season. I mean, the way that, that Sinford finished last season was just, I think they went like 17 games unbeaten, 18 games unbeaten, something like that. Even after Christmas when they picked up, really. I mean, the only game that they lost to the end of the season was the playoff final and they couldn't have even gone up anyway. So, but, you know, credit credit to them and the, the job Paul Michael did. And they started a little bit slow this year. They they didn't really continue from, from, where, from where they had left off. Um, Inconsistent early yeah. on, and then they they've almost suffered a little bit from the FA Trophy run they had. Yeah, and injuries come in and things mm. like that. I mean, Ethan Moore. I mean, you talk about him. I mean, the guy third serious knee injury he's had yeah. in, in in what three years. I mean, it's it, it, the poor guy's got absolutely well, we no. Were there, weren't we? we were there at the time, and I just looked yeah, so innocuous. We, thought, we so thought it was a head injury. Yeah. He, mm. he just swung across it, and we thought, oh, he didn't slid in and and got well, into we the fence the wall, in the didn't corner. We? Yeah. Um, I mean, he laid motionless, so we just assumed oh, it might be a neck or a head injury. Like I mean, literally the day before, we had been to um, Bitten, wasn't it, against Fairford, and the yeah. goalkeeper had something very similar yeah. happened to him, where they where he was led motionless for fifteen minutes, twenty mm. minutes on the pitch, and uh, so we thought it was, it was a repeat of what had happened twenty four hours earlier. But no, um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, as Paul Michael alluded to, that they've they've suffered a bit with the injuries. Yeah, yeah he kind of listed off a bit suspension. of suspensions. Well, a couple yeah. of suspensions yeah. could potentially cost them today. Yeah. Um, you know, Sirencester, I would imagine, have got more of a full-strength squad available to them. Um, Sinderford, yeah, they're not. it's not just the players. They're missing a few players. They're missing key players. You mm. know, you have two, you have two first-choice centre-halves that are not going to be there. Um, you know, Lorcan Sheehan is a, a massive miss if he doesn't play any game. Um, in the middle, obviously, captain's side as well. Um, and to be fair, the the one really that they can probably cover for is is the Ethan Moore injury because you know Josh Hunt and and James Harding are two very very good strikers and capable of winning games on their own anyway. Uh, so you mentioned Cinderford Town there, then um, it's going to Sirencester a little bit more in depth as well. Um, like you said, new manager this season, um, bit of a different different prospect from last season. Well, it did, it started with Charlie Griffin still. Yeah. Um, for outsiders, it felt like a bit of a shock that he left. But you speak to some of the Simon Sester fans that went week in, week out. They'd tell you that the chairman wasn't particularly impressed with what he was seeing, wasn't happy what was what was happening. And some of the fans were starting to lose a little bit of patience because mm. Simon Sester should have gone up a couple of years ago, probably, when Ben White had had that unbelievable season, scoring 40, 50-odd goals. But towards the end of the season, they, they kept having that inconsistencies. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> be credit to, to where credit's due, you know, some of the sides that were in that league at the time, you know, Swindon Supermarine, Salisbury, you know, you got a job to be finished above them anyway. So, and Taunton as well, let's not forget, they they were always a good side in that division. So, you know, it's going to always be a hell of a job to finish above those sides. You, but it was almost a missed opportunity really at the time. You kind of just feel like it had just run its course a little yeah. bit though, didn't you? I think that was his general overall feeling that, you know, Charlie, you've got a lot of respect for him, you know, 
Yeah. Great bloke, you know, sometimes a bit late with the replies for for, for requests for interviews. But other than that, you know, can't fault him as a person and, a, and as a manager. But like I said, it, it was probably ultimately the right time. I think if you look at how John Bruff's gone about his recruitment, it's shown that, you know, the squad, not say it was aging, it's probably a bit harsh because, you know, a lot of the players who have left can still do a job. Mm. But, you know, they'd all been there for a few years. You know, it'd gone a little bit stale. Um, you know, they lost Aidan Bennett to Fairford, which raised a lot of eyebrows. You know, you say what you want about Fairford and, and the, what their ambitions are and where they want to go. You know, you're seeing a seven league player drop down to playing Hellenic League football. Yeah, but that one was always That's in the pipeline. a couple of eyebrows that are going to be up there. It was in the Ellis, pipeline, Ellis though, was in the summer as well, of course. You know. So, you know, when you lose a couple of, of key players like that to to sides who are lower, in, 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 quote, in quotations beneath you almost, it's, it's it's hard. And, you know, a couple of the players that were there, they didn't really feel like Simon Chester players. And, yeah, yeah, Bruffy's gone about it by, you know, trying to bring in a couple of the young players. He's got Lewis Spurrier, who used to play for Forest Green uh, Academy and Long Levens as well. Um, a couple of the, the younger boys, including Lewis Thompson, who's come from Lydney who, you know, has threatened that he could make that step up and, and time will tell, you know, if he can get himself fit um, and keep himself at a decent shape and, you know, sharpness, he has the capabilities. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to score Ben Whitehead level 40 goals a season, but they need that forward to, to score goals. And, and me and Kelsey saw it against Slimbridge mm. in uh, John Bruff's first game, Levi Irving up front, well, yeah. 17-year-old kid, I believe he is. Mm. I believe he's 17 still. He ran the line on his own and... Yeah, I mean, he looks a hot prospect and he looks one for the future. And if things they keep look, hold of him... Things look promising in that respect, don't they? Yeah. Jordan Morris as well, you got to count, you know... Yeah. That guy's just so versatile and, you know, he's still... What's, what, I don't know how old he's, what, 20? He's 22, 20, 20, 20, 23, 20, 22, yeah. But even you look at the way Charlie Griffin had it at Sirencester, you know, they had Owen Windsor and he got to a level uh, with with Hartbury and Sirencester and then suddenly West Brom came in for him. So, you know, that's a... You know, you big up your, your, your youth player to you know carry your team and build the mm. team around for the future and a Premier League club comes in for him like wow well, you're never going to keep him there no. it's it's mental so well it's a bit of credit to the club as well when yeah of course of course but at the same time you know it's a player that I know that Charlie Griffin rated so highly mm. and a lot of Sirencester fans and, and, and personnel did because he was a very good player and you know he was the one they were looking to now they've got Levi Irving to, to be that one maybe just a bit too young at the moment uh, 17 years old to be that 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 one that you put all your faith in but over the next couple couple of years he stays there and they can build that core squad again i think Simon Sester will be better for it uh, so that is the featured game of the day for seven sport it is going to be live on sevensport.co.uk as well um, and on the tuning app and on the tuning app as well anywhere you go search your seven sport on there you can listen to the game live with butler and kelsey this afternoon uh, other games in the seven league port and rovers versus Eastern united and slimbridge are at home to malcham town uh, we're going to go for a break. After the break, we're going to do any other business where we talk um, some of the big headlines across the national sporting spectrum. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back then to the final part of this morning's 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Um, we are doing any other business now. Um, before actually I do that, we move on from the local stuff. If you do want to check out all the fixtures and stuff we've talked about so far in the show, head over to 7sport.co.uk to see... Um, all of those games and also you'll have a big list of results and a few match reports and stuff on there as well um, and as I said uh, the guys are broadcasting live from the Carinium Stadium this afternoon uh, Simon says Town versus Tinderford Town in the Southern League the big match of the day 
Uh, right, any other business then, lads? Um, I think one of the biggest talking points that's come out towards the end of this week is Harry Kane is going to get a nice mm. little rest before the Euros. Until April, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it can go, go either one of two ways. I mean, it, it can be brilliant for England because he's rested and then he's just, you know, getting back up to much sharpness and, and raring to go for the Euros. Or it can go absolutely horrendously where he has been so out of match practice and doesn't have enough time to get fit again. But then obviously consider that England will probably play a couple of warm-up games before the Euros as well. So, hopefully, I mean, Kane is the kind of player who will try to come back from an injury as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it seen it in the past with ankle injuries that he's had and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, I mean, even when the guy... Like broke his broke his face. <laughs> he played with a face mask. <laughs> played with a face mask on because because he didn't want to miss any time. So you know he's just that sort of character, and he is the kind of character that England need leading them as a captain. You know, a player who is I don't want to say fearless, but you know he he's someone who will give everything for his club for his country, and. <laughs> England are being touted as as one of the favourites to win the Euros this summer. I don't personally see it myself just yet, but if they are to stand a shot of that, they need Harry Kane leading the line. And if he's not there, group stages and done. I think what's interesting is some of the reaction to to the injury. Um, when he first picked it up, you know, some of the the Tottenham fans were saying, you know, it's his, it's his usual injury just before the the Super Bowl. Everyone knows he's an NFL fan, so <laughs> he always seems to get injured just towards the end of January. He has a couple of weeks off, watches the Super Bowl, has a bit of fun, um, but it's a bit of a stark wake up call that he's you know going to be missing for such a long period of time. Um, I mean, pretty much kiss Tottenham's chances of anything this season goodbye. Well, anyway. they need to sign a striker in January, won't they? But they need to sign but, a striker whether they had Kane or not. But what they, but what they, they what do they, a bit reliant on him. That's, yeah, that's what, the problem. But also then that throws up another dilemma because what you need to do is you need to go and sign a striker who is good enough to play as a first choice striker for the next three months and then will be happy and content. And ideally, he's not going to be cup tied in backup. Europe. Exactly, and then will be content with being the backup striker when Harry Kane comes back. So I mean, who? It's the question. Yeah. Who do you think of? That's the problem. I mean, someone said to me earlier that they should go and get Mauro Riccardi, but I mean, he's not going to play back up to Harry Kane. Yeah, no as way. soon as Kane's back, he is the main man again. So, ideally, and nobody w- plays two up top. Ideally, anymore. you want to get someone. Uh, it sounds weird, but ideally, the person they would have wanted was Latin Ibrahimovic. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. You know, he played under Mourinho before a couple of times. He'd have been coming in, free to play in the European competitions, would have been the main striker, would have probably taken a six month contract. The timing is, is horrific, really. If it was a few weeks earlier that Tottenham were losing him, I think Ibrahimovic Tottenham would have been the one. Yeah. You, sh- you should get into uh, being a uh, sports director or something. <laughs> <laughs> head of hey, you know, United need players too. We talk about who I support and... Yeah, yeah so yeah, if you've uh, if you've not guessed yet, uh, Ryan is actually a Manchester United supporter from Reading. Um, Where's your Wolf supporter from Gloucester? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a bit more. Uh, I, I've been a Wolves fan since uh, we were rubbish. So I've been a Manchester United fan since 1996. <laughs> yeah, and you've gone through all the all the glory. Now well, you're, I've, now seen you're Arf- it. I've seen Arsenal go invincible. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting point actually talking about Arsenal and and that kind of thing because um, we we me and my dad went to the. FA Cup game, Man United Wolves. Um, I have no idea why it was on telly, by the way. No. Even now, I can tell you. I don't know why the replay's on. And I don't know why the next round, Tranmere, Watford. Tranmere or Watford versus Wolves or Manchester United. It's in case United. it's Tranmere, Man United. Let's be real. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but 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 my theory on it is, if you look at it, we played Wolves in the FA Cup last year in quarterfinals at a point in the FA Cup where you probably want to win it. Mm. And it was a pretty good game. Let's be honest. I know Wolves won and United got beat, but I'd still say it's a very good game of yeah. football. You know, they've clearly just rushed and looked at it and thought that's going to be a great game again. Yeah. But any 
any footballing fan with a bit of sense would have been able to look at that and think, yeah, United are struggling. Wolves, Wolves are doing the Wolves at the minute. They're, they're having a good season, but FA Cup's probably not the main priority. No. I mean, were we all surprised that both sides didn't play a full strength team? Well, no, because you've got both teams are they're, in they're both Europa in Europe. League. They're both yeah. got other things to be. We've played. On. Uh, we've played lots more games because we had to qualify for Europe. And we League. had the the obviously the Carabao Cup semi final yeah. first leg this week. Yeah. So you know, it makes you wonder. People always moan about the the, the games that are picked for telly. It's always the same teams. You know, Mayotte would have been in. I think it's every FA Cup game for the last six years, seven years. Yeah, it's been on, on telly. Yeah, yeah. and but really, you know, we're. I know what it is. It's obviously for figures. Is that, exactly, that is. That's why so, B- BBC always pick the All Premier League tie because they, even though they it's they on the BT, well, yeah. on BT. But, but they did. They had Liverpool Everton. Yeah, didn't they, Liverpool, so. that is it. Because obviously BBC don't have any games. So they literally only have the FA Cup and obviously you know, mm. the, you know the international, you know, the Euros, the World Cup, and whatever. That's why they have to make up for their for their for their loss of I guess of viewership. By picking Man United for every every cup game, and you know the big teams and, and the the big games, so you can see why they do it. Yeah, I was saying we went to, went to that game, watched it live. And we came away from it, and we were kind of having a bit of a discussion about teams that kind of go up and then drop back down again, and kind of thing from the Premier League. And we said Arsenal had it, and it's the whole Arsene Wenger was at Arsenal for too long, didn't build a new squad again from the Invincibles kind of thing, and Man United are kind of in that coming back down from the Alex Ferguson time I think Fergie left at the right time we was this is the conversation we're having Fergie left at the right time because I don't think he could have gone any further and built another squad up against I think, to, to I reach think he height. could have still built another squad I think, think that was enough I think that was enough I there to start the call, doing it I don't think you had the call there you know with age and that did. kind of thing I think we did I think if you look at it um, I mean David Hay was still what 23 20, well he's, he's still only what 27 now so mm. you know he's been around forever it feels like he was only 22 23 at the time um, we had Valencia you know who who went on to play right back for another couple of years actually young I mean we have to talk it's about 7 years ago now Yeah, it's been that long ago you know these players were still it don't feel like that long does the, it you know, I mean like, Ashley Young's 34 now so yeah. he's 27 then so he's just entering his prime I think that you know the the Ferdinands and Villages and and the Everers were going. Ever went on to have an unbelievable season under David Moyes before finally leaving. Um, was our captain and, and all sorts. So United did have that core, but what would have been interesting for me is how they would have gone about recruitment. Because mm. as a United fan, looking back at it, I wasn't happy with our recruitment then, and I'm even more so not happy with it now mm. because it's led to these further problems. You know, United went and got rid of Van Persie. Um, Nani, Welbeck, Hernandez, all within about a six-month period. And it's about 40 or 50 goals a season that you've then got to account for. And United went and got a Falcao on loan and spent 60-odd million on Di Maria. You know, they're two players that, you know, even at the time, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, you know, doing cartwheels at signing a Falcao that had just missed nearly 18 months because of a knee injury. You know, you never really know what he's going to do. There was almost that expectancy that he was going to come to Man United and hit the ground running like Aguero did at City. But, you know, at the time, I think that the way the recruitment went about it, mm. you know, it, it, it suffered, Rooney suffered from it. Every of the 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 players who were core players under Alex Ferguson, they suffered from it. And, you know, players like Matteo Darmian and even now someone like Luke Shaw, for, my, for me... They've never been signed by Alex Ferguson. No. Sure, maybe. Obviously, since his broken leg, he's not been the same player. But, you know, Matteo Damian, Fred, you know, Matic. I don't think Nemanja Matic would have been signed by by Sir Alex Ferguson. They're not United players. Mm. But suddenly they're playing at United. And 
as a United fan, I used to get a lot of stick for, you know, supporting Marouane Fellaini because there were a period under Louis van Gaal and Mourinho where the players didn't look like they cared. And you probably know that, Matt, seeing Wolves all, all in League One, Championship. Yeah. You know, when players, when you can see they don't actually care or don't look like they care, it, it spreads. Yeah, and you know I was sick of seeing that, and that's why I like Flink because he always cared. But then we we got onto the whole conversation because mm. we were watching the the second half of that game. First half it was fairly boring, to be fair. Neither team really showed much. Second half, oh, you towards, bad completely. Towards the end of it, United just seemed like they were happy to go for the replay. And you think you watching some of those players, and you're thinking you've been given a chance in the first team. Some of them were youth players. Some of them players have been there for quite a while, and they they did look like they just well, Tati Chong's not good enough. Yeah. They just, I, some I of them just, like they just didn't want to be there. They didn't want to play. They bought, they just... the, the, the key thing was, you know, I bought Fred and Rashford on. First thing they did, Rashford hit the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's all it is. He, he, he was probably, they gave Man of the Match to... Lindelof. Uh, Lindelof Are they yeah. mental? Yeah. Stephen Manaman's mental. Yeah, but Stephen Manaman hates Wolves, but that's <laughs> he, a different story. But he's played for Liverpool and Man City, so he doesn't like Man United either. But I was saying, <laughs> like, Rashford was probably your best player and he was only on the pitch for yeah, about 20 minutes. But, um, yeah, and then we, we got into the conversation here. We were saying about teams that go up and down and we are saying what Liverpool need to do because Liverpool are the, probably the only team that you, anyone would fear in the Premier League at the moment. Liverpool are the closest team to United from sort of 99 to 2002. Yeah. That three-year period where United won everything, they had the league wrapped up by the end of March one year. Mm. You know, that's the closest that we've come to that sort of level of dominance. Because then it got us thinking on to how long should Klopp stay at Liverpool once he's won the Premier League? Is it time for him to move on then because he'll end up getting the decline of the players or is this squad only going to get better? It brings up the whole conversation, does it go on to the Arsenal kind of thing where they had the Invincibles and then they didn't really like, carry well, on. Where, it, so. where Arsenal went wrong is they never really, they didn't win the Champions they League, did they? And, and <laughs> yeah. that, 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 was, that was ultimately the worst. The one thing that, that eluded Arsenal was that Champions League trophy, wasn't what it? I, it was, what, I, what, what, what changed with Arsenal for me was when they moved to the new stadium. Yeah, you go to Highbury. I mean, I don't know if either of you went to Highbury. It's an intimidating it's, place. It's yeah. a tight, close stadium. It's like White Hart Lane, Upton Park. Yeah, you know, old s- London stadium. You were yeah. sat on the pitch. It felt Hold like on. you were that close to the action, and you know it was a, f- it was an intimidating place to go. You now go to the Emirates, and it's a library. Mm. I've been there before. You know, it isn't very good. It's a great arena to go and watch sport and live action, but for an actual football fan, it mm. is. Can imagine, it's kind of like the London Stadium with West Ham. Yeah, isn't it? probably like Wembley. I can imagine yeah. as well. Like, I mean, I've been to Wembley to watch the NFL and, and and football with well, England. We, we all went and, for the, the National League playoff final. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, it's just it's just not the same. It's no, just, it's just a yeah. great place, great place. But, but that just shows that shows the difference now of how the architecture has changed of making a football stadium. Well, it's all corporate. A, and you've got to be able to then host the concerts in the yeah, summer. Yeah. You've got to be able to host this, this, and this. And it's not solely down to just the football stadium anymore. No. Um, I'm just going to go back to the FA Cup uh, a second. Replays. So there's been a lot of talk today, uh, talk this week. Awful. Yeah, do Awful we need a replay? Jim both come out and said that on TalkSport. Both uh, Oli, Gunnar Solskjaer and Nuno, after the Wolves Main Night game, they would have been happy both to go to penalties or extra time there. Yes. What do you boys think of that? Um, well, first of all, I didn't make up. What did Jim White say on? Jim White came out on Talksport and said that they should scrap FA Cup replays because they're absolutely meaningless. That was the phrase he used: meaningless. So not meaningless. Ev- it's everyone's going to jump Jim, on him. Transfer deadline day is meaningless, and Jim White presents that every, every <laughs> yeah, six every, months. Everyone jumped on him and rightly pointed out, you know, for lower league clubs, non-league clubs, replays are are what what the FA Cup's all about. You look at, you know, Rochdale. Rochdale have taken Newcastle United who, let's be honest, are a very good team, a very big 
footballing team as well. Mm-hmm. Rochdale are now going to Newcastle, St James's Park, under the lights. 50 cars in attendance. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And going to play that, that level. And let's be honest, when are Rochdale going to get that close to that again? Well, yeah, that's, that's other the than argument the about it, isn't it? But then you've got like Man United Wolves now on a replay. Cheap it, the, the tickets for Wolves fans are from £37 to 65 quid for an FA Cup replay after a boring 0-0 draw a few weeks but ago. That, but and you, it's going to be on TV. That's because of, of the ticketing prices and the fact that the FA don't clamp down on it. But I personally think that, you know, in the lower leagues, in particular places in competition like the FA Vars, um, if it's a draw after 90 minutes, you have your obligatory extra time mm. and then you get the option of either a replay or penalties. If they had something like that, where I mean that would be my compromise, where you'd probably get your Wolves Man United probably would have settled it on the night. Yeah. Whereas Rochdale Newcastle, but then would rather go to a replay. Yeah, but then you you, you get two the, teams then where like Newcastle, let's say, well we would have done that. But the 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 thing is in that in the FA Vars and in those competitions is if you can't agree, then it's a replay. The thing is, like, it's whole of this whole. I'm not going to get onto it today because it was gone forever. But this whole VAR thing and bringing there it is bringing rules into football and complicating football. Because then you want to say let's play the extra time, and then if nothing happens, then then we'll decide if we're going to have a replay or penalties. It's kind of like you're just bringing an extra yeah, but, but an extra but thing I'm saying in something again. similar. So FA Cup wise, I think that you should pick to go to extra time penalties. Mm. If that was the option, games like Wolves may not have gone to extra time penalties. Whereas if you have a Rochdale Newcastle, both teams disagree. Newcastle probably say we want the extra time penalties. Rochdale want a replay. The overriding rule is if you can't agree, you go to a replay. Yeah, I mean that's and that, fair, that, right? that, that is what I would do. That is my compromise, and that's what I would pitch. And I think that you know you look at the lower league model when you look at the FA Vars and those competitions, and you know clubs don't don't quabble about it. You know Long Levens went down to to Falmouth Town. We went down in November. I went with them, and you know. It was agreed on the day that it would go to extra time penalties. You know, it would have made no sense for anybody for that game to have gone to a replay. Mm. Um, whereas the year before, Long Levens played Tavistock, and Tavistock insisted on the replay. Mm. Couldn't agree. So in that game, if it had finished a draw at Sawmills in Gloucester, we'd have had to go down to Tavistock in 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 Devon for a replay. Mm. And you know, Long Levens don't care. No one really cares. You no. think, oh, well, we'll just see what happens on the 90 minutes then. Yeah. We're all adults. We're all... You know what I mean? How can, how can you not see that the replays do benefit clubs? Yeah. <coughs> I suppose... And oh, the, the final thing I want to bring up with the FA Cup is um, VAR being only used at, at Premier League grounds. What do you make of this where it's... <coughs> bin, only... F- bin VAR in the FA Cup, mate. If you can't get it for every single game, yeah. just, just bin it. Just this don't use it completely. Literally, what's the point? Like Premier League, right, is is fine, not fine. It's not fine in its current implementation, but the yeah. idea of VAR is fine. It's, it's fundam- fair across the board because everyone uses it week in week yeah. out in the Premier League. It's fundamentally sound. The the principles of VAR are fine, but the people that use it, they don't have a clue. No, and we see it week in week out. But and this is why you get ro- it's so wrong with replays, it, though, because yeah. for example, Rochdale Newcastle, no VAR. Newcastle Rochdale VAR. <laughs> yeah, this is a point. Exactly. But then saying that, the, I, f- I felt like the decisions were a bit quicker in the FA Cup tie that we saw at Molyneux. It's because it's different rules. Yeah, and the, and the different rules, it was the first time the pitch side monitor was used. And this was what we saw in the World Cup before VAR was brought in in 2018. Um, and it just worked so much better. Like the whole, like the Wolves manager has said, the referee on the pitch is feeling the emotion of the game and everything like that. So surely he should make the decision. And I'm I'm yeah. of that view that 100%, 100%. they should say in his ear, you might have got that one wrong. Do you want to have a quick look at the monitor? It's what they do in rugby with the TMO and that kind of thing. 
Which is exactly the what they do in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFL. You yeah. know, they get they, they go over to the big side monitor. It's like... In and the, the cricket in, as well. If you haven't got enough evidence to overturn a decision, yeah. it stays with the umpire's call on yeah. the pitch. Yeah. And then it brings it down to, again, or how do you define <laughs> a, a clear and obvious mistake? If it needs more than two replays, it's 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 well, not clear and obvious. millimetre lines. Yeah, it's not clear and obvious. Oh, if this. it's like, oh, one replay, oh, by the way, he's like two yards offside, one replay, done, yeah. sorted. Yeah. But if it's literally... Roberto Firmino's armpit is offside. <laughs> Who benefits from that? I think the worst one I seen was the Villa one, where uh, was it Grealish's heel? Yeah, was offside. Yeah, and it's like, and then they if get, you can't then... see that with the naked eye at, you know, football speed, like even half speed, you can't see it with a naked eye. Yeah, what is the point? But I'm sure that'd be one for another day because I'm sure there's going to be more. I think we are all in agreement that, well, maybe not you, but me and Ryan are definitely in agreement that VAR in itself is a good idea. No, I think it's a good idea. I just think the way the Premier the League current, becomes so meticulously to the millimetre with everything, it's just ridiculous. The current implementation, is, and the reason why is because the Premier League want, I don't know what it is, but they probably just want everything to be so, you know, fair and they want they want everyone to see that VAR They want it to be is, black is, and white, don't Exactly, they? yeah. They, so like, this is a goal, this isn't. But football is not a game of black and white, so it's a game of interpretation. There are so many laws of the game that are up for interpretation. Laws and rules are different things. Uh, I'm sure this will continue anyway. There'll be more VAR oh. controversies. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? We've got a few seconds left. No, not for me. Uh, listen to Seven Sport. Uh, yeah, Simon Sestivus, Sinford this afternoon we're going there right now so game of the day we're back next Saturday from 10am here on Dean Radio thank you for tuning in this has been 7 Sport on Dean Radio for the best sports coverage in the west visit 7sport.co.uk